Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Right there, right there. up. This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Full obsession, baby. Welcome back, everyone. We are live again for another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am your host this week once again, Sam Thrash. And joining me today, we have a special guest that we at Fall Obsession have recently become acquainted with through the online archery world. She is known on Instagram as Just a Lady with a Bow, Miss Brittany Gaither. Brittany, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me, Sam. Well, we really appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on board. Um, we're, we're privileged. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It was an exciting opportunity for me, too, and yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. So. Absolutely. Well, before we before we get into our topic, I have to mention that our uh, our podcast is brought to our listeners by our friends over at Elite Archery. Um, we continue to be very, uh, very pleased with our partnership with Elite. Um, very high-quality products um, that we truly enjoy shooting and hunting with. I won't ramble on too much about it because I know you guys are, are here to, to listen to us talk to Brittany about some archery stuff, but um, I do encourage everybody, if you haven't already, to go check out Elite Archery at EliteArchery.com um, and go to your local dealer, shoot one today, take the Elite Shootability Challenge, put it up against any other bow in the brand, and form your own opinion about it. I promise that you won't be disappointed. So, Brittany, so kind of to kick off our conversation and to get into our topics today, could you just start by introducing yourself and kind of giving our listeners an idea of, of who you are, where you're from, and and where your interest in archery first began? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, my name is Brittany Gaither. I live in Washington with my husband, and I have three. we have three children together. Um, both of us own our own companies, and I get to work from home most of the time, which is really helpful with archery because I do have a range at my uh, at my house there. Awesome. And I... I've always been interested in archery. I was thinking back when I had looked at some of these questions um, that might get brought up. I was thinking back when was the first time I remember being interested in archery. And I think I was about age 10. And my mom, I think, wanted to just kind of send me off to a camp, a Girl Scout camp for two <laughs> weeks just to get some peace and quiet. And I remember looking in, in the brochure and not wanting to go, but they had had some little targets in the archery range set up set up in the brochure so I said yes um and mom I forgot to tell you about that but this was my experience if my mom's listening <laughs> shout out to that and we get there and uh they don't even have an archery range and I remember thinking like what this is a bait and switch situation and we ended up making you know like bracelets out of yarn and stuff it was kind of a bummer so I quit the girl scouts pretty quickly after that <laughs> um maybe I should have joined the boy scouts but uh, yeah, so then from that point, I didn't really grow up in a family and, and in a kind of a cultural environment that had a lot of hunters or anything around. My parents didn't hunt, but they were 
uh, active and outdoors and things like that. But I remember seeing movies and seeing t- television shows that anytime I saw archery in any setting, I always found myself pretty intrigued with that moment on screen and just thought, gosh, that'd be super cool. My husband and I met in high school, so I married my high school sweetheart, and he was an avid uh, fisherman, so he was always fishing and hadn't really had an interest in hunting, but I kind of encouraged him, like, why don't you try that? That seems like up your alley, and in 2012, he actually decided to, to start hunting, and at that time, he was talking about, well, you know, what guns he was going to get and if he was going to do um bow hunting or what not and so he actually picked up his first bow and at the same time grabbed me um a youth bear bow so i didn't have a lot of muscle strength at the time we didn't even know if i'd enjoy it but i remember getting that uh that bow and then shooting into my garage from my kitchen just (laughs) at a target um that didn't last very long because it was a rental and i'm pretty sure we punctured the the garage door or Uh something like that I can't really remember but it was like pretty ended pretty quickly and so and then in 2014 we built a home and that's when my husband put an outdoor range in and to be honest I I really only shot like once or twice probably for the next couple years and it wasn't until 2018 actually that I really picked up my bow at all and um, I had actually sustained a hip injury and I was really stubborn and I kept working out on this hip injury and it got to the point where I could no longer, um, I couldn't even lift my leg up. Around 2019, I had to go get a, an MRI and just to see what was going on there. And I had torn my, my labrum in my left hip. So it mm. eliminated, eliminated most of the activity that I normally did, Sam. And so I was pretty, honestly, I was pretty dep- depressed because of things where I like to work out. Suddenly I'm doing physical therapy and in a moment of just total um, kind of being bummed out situation, I found my bear bow and I hadn't uh, hadn't shot probably in months. And I went out to the range and I just shot probably 50 arrows that day. And it was like this moment of complete calm and peace, like totally quiet. It just, it took me to a different zone. And it was much like when I used to do CrossFit and how your brain just kind of, um, you know, you just check out. It's just total silence. There's no distractions. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, that was probably around September of 2019. In that moment, I knew I really wanted to do archery. And then in January, um, I purchased my first compound bow for hunting. And my husband and I talked about that. I said, you know, I'd really like to actually be a part of, of what you do, because I had been staying back with the kids and my daughter and him hunts, my oldest hunts with her dad. And it always excites me to see it, but I really like to be side by side, if that makes sense, kind of be in it with him. So in January, I got my first um, my first bow at our local archery shop, and I fell in love, absolutely fell in love that day with it. So so yeah, so basically January is really of two thousand of um, two thousand twenty is really when I started shooting. So as soon as I set up my IG page is when I actually started getting serious about it. Well, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you're obviously we, we uh, became acquainted with you through your Instagram page. And I love how you're, how you've been documenting the journey ever, ever since the, the very start. I, I feel like there's a, a lot of pages and stuff out there that you go to and you, I mean, you, you basically pick up midway through somebody's journey or, or they're already, right. you know, shooting very very well not to say that you're not but but you understand where right. where I'm coming from that they, oh, they yeah, they've been absolutely. established for a while and right and so I I I was really impressed all of us over here at Fall Obsession with with how you've been documenting it from the very get go and and sharing successes struggles and anywhere in between it, it it's it's really cool to watch for sure thank you that actually means a lot to me because um I started my Instagram accounts for two reasons one because I tend to be like your the name of your um, of your guys' account at Fall Obsession, I tend to get obsessed with things. So if I like it, I'm 100% in. But that might mean that I talk about it a lot, or I or I share photos a lot, or things like that. And I didn't. I thought, you know, this could be one way I could actually share something I'm excited about, and not be worried about what is what are my friends and family on Facebook and everywhere else thinking, which I shouldn't really care at all, but you know, sometimes people post the same thing all the time and you kind of get 
like, geez, Louise, what's going on there? So when I started my hobby page, that's what I just kind of considered it to be. I did not expect it to take off. Um, I didn't expect to to necessarily connect um, as well as I have with the people that do follow me. I've met incredible archers through there and got to follow pages like you guys and, and just get excited about what you guys are excited about. It's fun to see. I hear about hunting. I hear about what drives my husband, but to also get to see it from all these different perspectives, it's like I can fully understand what what it is to be, um, you know, a hunter, an archer, whatever way that you practice it, it's exciting to follow. And and then for me, I'm, I like to be humorous and, and I don't <laughs> take myself seriously. And I think it is important to go, hey, I didn't just get here because I've always been good at it. I've, I shoot all the time and I shoot a ton of crappy shots all the time but I also get some really good successes and I hope that that does inspire men and women out there to to pick up a bow and not limit themselves absolutely no I I, I could not agree more and and I know we at fall obsession we've had a lot of some recent content that's been been focused in similar similar areas of newcomers into archery people people you know learning how to shoot learning how to bow hunt um, and, and I mean, we have a specific series about it right now, Cure Your Obsession. And, I, and yeah. I, it's just been, it's been awesome to, to see other people, like, like I said before, as yourself also, um, doing the same thing and sharing their journey and then, and then throwing, throwing stuff out, out there, like the archery challenges and, and seeing people like you eat that stuff up. That, that's been awesome oh my as gosh. well. I adore a challenge. So <laughs> anytime you guys can take me, anyone else that hears this can take me in a challenge, um, I'm stubborn. I'll try it until I get it. <laughs> I'm all for it. And it's exciting. It's fun to be a part of. Um, just give it a shot to see how far you can go with it, you know? Yeah. So I love, I love that. And actually I had met Kurt, uh, your field staffer of the year. I met him through my page. Um, really great guy. Just had uh, given me some good advice on, on different things with my bow. So, and I've met a few different, um, amazing archers out there that have had really great tips that have helped me along the way since, I really don't have a coach or anything like that. So these kind of connections through uh, social media have been a huge help for me personally. Um, and I think that would be the same for anyone that's wanting to get started and doesn't necessarily have a community yet um, around them that could speak into their lives. Find people that, that know what they're doing. Find people that are excited or on the same journey and then share with each other. But Kurt had a he knows that I uh, enjoy those challenges because he had been following along. And I remember with the, the Lifesaver one, he had sent me a message and just said, hey, go get in right now and go do it, you know, before it closes. <laughs> so had he not done that, I wouldn't have um, probably wouldn't have seen that right away. So anyways, that was fun to be a part of. And thanks for letting me. Uh, well, I guess I tagged you guys. I didn't even ask. But thank you yeah, for letting no, me play along. No, yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt had a, as soon as you posted your video of doing that archery challenge, um, I think it was before I even saw the notification that you had tagged Fall Obsession in that. Kurt, I saw a message from Kurt saying that you had done it. <laughs> he, yeah. he was all excited yeah. about it. So, uh, yeah, that was really fun. And, so, and as far and as far as the archery challenge for for your followers and our followers that are listening to to this podcast episode, um, while we while we do share a lot of stuff initially that the, uh, other people that are taking on the challenges that we throw out there, you know, within the immediate few days following it no challenge is closed in our opinion. So people can still good. today go out there and do the lifesaver challenge. If they want to, those videos are still up, um, showing what the challenge is. And then there's also a page on our website where it's actually uh, printed out there for people to read through it if they want to. So if you guys oh, are that's so fantastic, yeah, if you guys, if our listeners here are so inclined, they can, they can absolutely go back and, and do that and, and tag just a lady with a bow and fall obsession in those videos for sure. Nice. I look forward to seeing what you guys, uh, do there for all of you guys that uh, participate in that challenge. I really look forward to that. So. Absolutely. And we're going to have more, more coming in the very near future as well. So awesome. So I want to, we kind of got into your, your archery journey a little bit here and, and how it all started. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, some of the growth that you have seen or mainly, I guess, over the past few, several months um, and, and see what, what are some, of the bigger milestones that, that you have reached, um, and, and some of the, the main growth that you have seen getting a little bit more specific about, about archery and stuff. 
Yeah. And, you know, I thought about that, Sam, and I was thinking this may not seem like a milestone to anyone else, but I think that there's going to be some people out there that can relate to this. But um, one of my first milestones was actually just walking in to a league night and shooting for the very first time and not being intimidated. And I know that's not like, oh, gosh, you've mastered a skill in archery, but half of half of it is just believing in yourself and saying, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Even if it's, even if I fail at this, like I could totally do terrible. I don't know who, if they're going to receive me. I don't know if I'm going to look like some joke, but what I found was, um, I would say that's my first and foremost, my number one milestone was actually walking into league night, um, at my local shop where I bought my bow and finding a community of people that were probably the most accepting, um, welcoming family of men and women. I really didn't expect to see women there. Um, I think I had asked um, one of the owners, like, do any women go? Not that it, I could shoot with the guys all day long. That's not an issue for me, but it's nice to, to kind of relate to somebody there possibly too on a different level right. and uh, doing that. And I just, I've met the coolest people through there that have just encouraged me along the way and told me, Hey, like, yeah, you have a bad night. You're going to have a a better night next time. So that first night, Sam, I, I think I shot like a hundred or 252 on the Vegas uh, shoot. So if you're familiar with that, um, I post a lot about that particular uh, target face and it's the three targets. You shoot three arrows and end for 10 ends and midway through. So at five, if you've done five ends, then you're gonna move your target up or down depending on where you have it placed on the backstop. Now, like a perfect score is 300. So in my mind, being the really obsessed person that I get, I thought I won't be satisfied till I hit that 300. But also I tend to kind of, I can bum myself out if I don't see a lot of growth quickly. So I determined in my heart that I would desire to go five up five points per time. So each week I would go into um, our local range, or sorry, uh, the, my archery shop, because it was it was in the wintertime and it rains here nonstop. So I really couldn't utilize my outdoor um, range very often. So I just go in every single day, pay my $5, shoot there until league night the next week. And then I would show up to league and, and go for it. So um, I remember breaking the 250 mark with the 260, then making the 260, a 270. And my biggest moment to date um, was that I should, well, actually there's two times to be honest, but 291 was the moment that I, I teared up when I hit 291 um, during this whole quarantine. I did it at my own um, land and, and you're 20 yards back from the target. And when I shot that 291, I I just got emotional because it was like, I just stuck with it. And so, you know, 50 shot, uh, you know, 50 to 150 shots a day, uh, just always getting out there anytime I could. So um, that was a big milestone for me. One of the funner milestones, I mean, beyond just getting good, you know, higher level points um, consistently, the, the next milestones that I would say mattered a lot to me was, um, was some of those challenges, like the lifesaver challenge that was super fun to be a part of and go, gosh, I can, I really enjoy like 3D targets and I know that's such a tiny little target, but for some reason I'm able to, to really zone in on it. So that I shot, I shot one of my arrows to a pop can tab, which was super, <laughs> super cool at the 20 yard line, you know, an egg an apple strawberries. I just get bored. So I like to be creative and, and do that kind of stuff. But to date, my most exciting moment was 60 yards, one arrow perfectly on the X um, from 60 yards and I had just gotten some new arrows from from my friend Jake at Spencer Arrows and those were with my hunting bow because I have a target bow and a hunting bow so I have two different um, types of the compound bows but I've been practicing with my hunting bow since this will be my first year hunting with my husband but when that arrow hit it was like a miracle shot but it felt so exciting so I, I don't know if we'd consider those milestones but to me all of them just meant that you know, practice and don't give up, like just keep at it and enjoy it for what it is, you know? So even if you don't become super, um, you know, super skilled, or even if you don't become like a high score um, archer, whatever, just going out there and enjoying what it does for you. You know, for me mentally, it's a huge deal. And, uh, and physically it's, it's fun. It's exercise, you know, <laughs> even though you're standing there, you're still working some back muscles and whatnot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyhow, those are some of my bigger, I think, accomplishments that I think about um, when I think about what I've done in archery. 
No, I I couldn't agree more that those are that those are significant milestones because, like you said, those are, those are showing your growth and and that uh, you know, being able to watch your watch your score increase that whole time in between each time that you go out there and shoot. I and and I know from my own experience as an archer and and I you know shooting competitively previously, you know it's there's a mental game that you have to play and then there's also stuff that you're constantly tweaking or or thinking about with form and, yeah. and and other things and and that score that you're talking about and seeing that go up that is witnessing and knowing that everything is coming together and continuing to work and improve so absolute, absolutely absolutely those are considered milestones in my opinion for sure yeah thank you yeah and and not getting bumped out if it's just one point or two points just set your goals reasonable goals for yourself and have those higher goals too i mean don't give up on the idea of i can't wait the day i shoot 300 i am absolutely (laughs) gonna tag you and everybody else fall obsession i'm gonna be so excited and i believe it's gonna come you know sooner than later i hope so absolutely So yeah yeah please please do we will we will be very excited to to share and celebrate that with you for sure that's awesome thank you so you just you talked about and, and kind of briefly mentioned um, just a couple minutes ago the you have a hunting bow and a target bow now. Yes. So tell me, I'm I, I guess I'm assuming the hunting bow came before the target bow or or am it I backwards? It did. Okay. Yes, it did. So um, you know, first I said that I had just this youth uh, bear bow that my husband had got. It was great for not having any knowledge, and it would be great for a starter, you know, someone that's just starting out. And it's a hunting bow, but of course I could actually pull more weight than that one was capable of. So, so the first day, I remember we, uh, so it was in January, uh, we went into the local shop. It was the first time I think that I had gone into maybe the first or second time I had gone into the shop and, uh, I picked, yeah, I picked a Bowtech carbon rose, really enjoy it. I think it's a great, it's a great bow. I've, I've really liked it. But when I purchased, um, at that time, I didn't really know which portion or, you know, which, um, what specifically I would find most passionate about archery. I just was grabbing what I thought, you know, okay, so hunting bow and, and it's a good bow cause it can do both. I mean, I shot that, that, um, the carbon rose at uh, league night for, for many nights actually. Then, um, starting out league and I, and I think that the guys too, Sam at, at the shop were not prepared for how often I would come in. So I was, <laughs> I would, I'd be working super hard, um, and just want to get a mental break and I'd go drive down there and, uh, go into the shop and I remember uh, my buddy Jason uh, his his father his parents own a Riverside Archery but Jason said Britt do you even have a life like what do you do and he didn't want to offend me but it just made me laugh I'm like no I make sure that I have this time to to do this I need this to be a healthy person really in my mind so so I was doing that and he's like you know if you're really getting into uh, competitive shooting you're going to want to consider getting a target bow and um, one of the the other employees there, Josh, had started showing me um, a particular target bow. It's a PSE. And I started to drool over it. But I was thinking, man, I just dumped all the – I didn't dump all this money. I invested all this money <laughs> in yeah. the other bow. How am I going to come up with, you know, how can I justify just purchasing a, a, another one maybe only a month or two later? You know, so it seemed like a huge, um, huge thing. So I had taken the brochure and – went home and and then the next week I get um actually I got a a text through Instagram or a DM from Josh and Josh said you'll you'll never believe what just came in we tried to order a left-handed target bow the one that you've been looking at and actually they sent it wrong and it came in right-handed and we don't really want to send it back because it's kind of a pain are you interested in it we'll give you a bit of a deal and I couldn't I really couldn't say no it was like there was I talked to my husband like hey what do you think he's like go for it I mean so thank you, Ryan, by the way, for <laughs> blessing me to, to just jump on that and grab another one. But when I was, I came in that day, I purchased it and they actually outfitted it with um, some different, like a site and a stabilizer that other people had, had um, traded in to purchase something more. So they, sometimes they get in those parts, you know, so right. they set me up really great. And, and I felt the love. I mean, I really did from, um, from Riverside and how they helped me in that. So yeah, so so I have both. So usually I'm shooting my target bow. If you see any of um, almost all of my uh, challenges or, you know, when I score points, it's going to be with my target bow. But but the long range shooting, I'm really getting back into with the, with the bow tech because I'm really excited about trying out hunting. Awesome. 
So yeah, thank you. Yeah, my my question was going to be kind of about your your equipment upgrades, and, and so that yeah. I, that's why I asked about the bows because because I heard you talking about target and hunting, and I know acquiring a target bow is a uh, th that's a big step in and of itself. Um, yeah. But I also wanted to ask you just kind of as as you've gone through the process, whether it be hunting or target bow, have there been any any big accessory changes that have made a huge difference for you along the way? Oh, absolutely. So my most recent would be that I, I I'm basically, I'm not, I'm not blind, <laughs> but I feel like I'm blind from the 20 yard line and further back. I can't see anything and I haven't been able to see anything while shooting. I just kind of have a good way of figuring out spatially where I'm at on that target. So when I saw that people could get the lenses and get a magnification lens, I, so for my target bow, I, I got a lens for the HH, um, a optimizer site that I have and it magnifies, sorry, magnifies four times. Um, I think you can even go further than that, but you can just install it, order it on, you know, through their site. I, I don't even know if maybe I order on Amazon, but got that installed and that has been awesome. I can actually see my, <laughs> my target. And so that's one of those things. Um, that's a good modification. I think the other thing, um, and this goes for both bows is I switched from a wrist strap and I don't think I'm going to keep, I don't think I'll be using a wrist strap release while hunting. Um, unless somebody changes my mind as to why, but for me, um, switching to the thumb release, I have a, just a spot hog, um, thumb release. And I don't, re I don't remember which particular one it is, but that was a huge change because the wrist strap would, would pull on my, um, on my hand and then it would slip down and it would change of course where my anchor points were just because it's yanking on my hand. So switching over and getting the right release, I would say would be a really important thing for anyone that's, um, picking up archery and, and really playing with it. Cause obviously there's a whole bunch. I'd like to get a tension release. I'd like to do, you know, some other, other ones and just try them out till I find what's, what really is perfect for me. But yeah, I would say um, those are some of the accessories, you know, and then I, I do have a, a nose button that I'm going to put on to the hunting bow, but I don't think it's, I don't think you can use it in target archery. I'm pretty sure that it's not, um, not okay to use. I'm pretty sure like if I was to enter in, I think I heard that, you know, supposed to have one of those on there. So, gotcha. so yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, I have I I couldn't tell you honestly. Now you got me thinking about it. I haven't shot. It's been probably five years since I last shot competitively, so I I, I can't even remember. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and making sure you have the right arrows. You know, yes. I had, I think I'd had a couple different sets, and now I really feel like I I know what I like, what I want. Um, so that that's important too. Making sure you have good quality arrows and and that your rest is, um you know, it, it works for you. I went to a blade rest on the target bow and that was hard to get used to, but I really, I like it a lot. So I don't know what you used on your target bow or not. I, I actually I used a blade as well. So cool. I'm very yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that. So my next question, and, and I know this isn't everybody's favorite topic <laughs> to talk about, um, but that that's bad habits. Um, oh, be, that's my favorite topic. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we all, great. we all, we all form them. It seems like, uh, especially starting out through an archery, um, journey, um, such as yeah. yourselves. And so uh, for, for the sake of our, our listeners that may be in a similar boat, starting out their, their journey as an archer, I wanted to ask you what kind of bad habits that you've struggled with and you've had to break along this archery journey. Oh yeah, I've got plenty. And actually, for me, I think it's kind of a funny topic because I think we we should all just be really honest about our our faults if we do if we do have them. But Absolutely. yeah, I've got tons of bad habits. Um, but in archery specifically, uh, one of the hardest ones for me to break was how I gripped my bow. So if you you know grip it uh, a firm grip on there, you have your hand closed. I found that every time I would shoot, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna torque that bow. Uh, one way or the other. So no matter how well I'm aligned, um, if my sight's adjusted, all that kind of stuff, just that way that I'm holding it, um, it's going to have a huge impact on, on where that arrow ends up landing. So mm -hmm. that took me forever to break a habit of. Um, and as soon as I actually fixed that grip, I stopped having shoulder pain too. So I was having some shoulder pain on my the arm um, 
that I held my bow with, not the drying arm, but you know, the one that holds. And I found that as soon as I actually released and kind of, um, yeah, relaxed my hand a bit, I stopped having shoulder pain. So I, I'm sure that there's like some sort of, um, physical therapist out there that could explain what just happened. But I was thankful when I learned how to, <laughs> how to do it properly, how to draw the bow, how not to uh, injure yourself in that process, but then also how to actually relax your hand while still holding and keeping tension at the same time, which is just seems like kind of a, um, you know, uh, a, a kind of, uh, now I can't even think of the word anyways, but, uh, <laughs> contradictory, you know, so yeah. keeping a relaxed hand, yeah, keep your tension, all this kind of stuff. I think I struggled, um, a lot with the terminology and for me, I need to just practice something. So when, so when people would notice that that's, that's a part of the reason I actually showed my frustrations throughout my whole journey. And I am sure that I'll show frustrations going forward and ask, what do people see? Because not having necessarily a ton of, um, archers around me that I can talk to in person, especially with uh, quarantine, because I had picked up just during that time that everything was shutting down, and especially here in Washington State. Right. Um, I kind of was left on my own to, to figure some stuff out. But so I would say, number one, the grip. Number two, finding consistent anchor points and, and sticking with those. And even though you could watch a million different videos on, on YouTube, you're going to find the anchor point that works best for you. And once you find it, you'll know, you know, so um, so I just took the advice of just tip of the nose to the string, you know, line it up, all of that, and, and finding where I put my hand, my uh, release, uh, where I just kind of anchor my hand, and I, I tend to do it right at the jawline, so just right behind my ear and the jawline, but that was, those are some of those kind of form issues that were really hard for me to figure out, and took a really long time and a lot of frustration to kind of kind of work through, and and then finding the stance, you know, how you're standing, your form, all of that's so important. And I had, um, I do have a, a friend, Kenny, at, um, that I know, and he's, he was a professional archer as well. He showed me how to put my back leg out in front of me just a little bit and, and kind of angle it away. And that was really helping so that my arrows wouldn't veer off um, one way or another. So finding what works specifically for you can be kind of a challenge and it may not be what they suggest <laughs> you know you have right. to find sort of your own form and of course that and be open to having people um give advice i appreciate that i i never turn down you know anyone can shoot me um a message and say here's what i see you know this is my advice i don't mind i'm, I'm pretty open to to um that critique or that helpful advice oh that, that that's good for sure yeah it's and and i know in some recent episodes too, we we've talked about how everybody's built different and everybody's going to shoot a bow differently. And, and because of that, like, like you're talking about anchor points may not be exactly the same from person to person. The mm -hmm. grip is not going to be the same from person to person. Neither is the tune of the bow. So I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that you brought that up. And, and with the arm thing, I'm glad that you are able to give that perspective from somebody who was struggling with it and had to learn to relax that hand and, and let the bow push into your palm. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you do that, um, and as soon as you release the tension on that grip, all the, all the weight of the bow and the weight of the draw is pushing back into your palm and down the bone of your arm instead of you having to use your actual muscles in your arm and your shoulder and your wrist to grip the bow. Um, like you said you're a lot more relaxed it feels a lot more natural yeah. and it, it makes all the difference in the world obviously as you've attested so yeah thank you and I would my one piece of advice for anything when you're correcting form if I was going to be speaking to um, maybe even a new archer or one that's been shooting for a long time is be patient and don't give up so even if you don't figure it out on the first like 12 practices that you do you're going to figure it out so just keep up with it um I think there was a couple of times I felt like throwing my bow <laughs> when I was trying to figure out what the heck people meant by these, you know, these terms and relax your grip. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't really make sense. But anyways, stick with it. You're going to figure it out. It's going to be all good. And, and then you'll, you'll get your kind of your groove going there. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Yeah. So, so moving on from here, I know you've talked about your desire to get out there and, and hunt with your husband and your family, but where where do you the question that i have written down my notes um is where you want to go as an archer and mm -hmm. and what are your goals from from where you are right now moving forward mm -hmm. what, what what's the next thing you hope to accomplish 
Yeah. So I kind of see the goals as two separate ones. So hunting, having a successful season with my, my husband and getting out there and just enjoying what he enjoys is going to be my first goal because it's fun to have um, common interests and things like that. I don't have a extremely high expectation that I'm going to get anything, but um, that's one goal is just to get out there and do it. And then who knows, maybe I'll get into um, hunting with a rifle and whatnot. But so that's one goal. My main goal, though, Sam, is that I, I want to go as far in archery as I possibly can when it comes to competitive shooting. So if that takes me all the way to Vegas or if that takes me to Reading or wherever, that's the path I'm on. I don't I won't think highly of myself or, you know, I try to stay very like level headed in all of it. But I think if you don't have a goal for something, then um such as like a competitive sport or things like that, then then you kind of um, find yourself idling. And for me, I just want to keep moving forward. And whether that's just like Wednesday nights at league or, you know, Tuesday nights or whatever, that's great. I'm, I'm going to be happy wherever I land in this. But um, but my goal is to, to be a professional archer someday. I mean, if I really was going <laughs> to, if I was going to say that, and mm -hmm. I don't mean that to sound arrogant, I mean that as, yeah, that's my hope someday that I get to, compete on that level that there is absolutely nothing wrong with with that being your goal and your ambition and 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 that's what you're shooting for that that is that's very respectable in my opinion and as far as far as you're as, as getting into hunting and and then maybe afterward killing killing something with a rifle i can mm -hmm. tell you from a guy that started rifle hunting and then eventually transitioned into bow hunting once you once you uh start hunting with a bow Rifle hunting is gonna to seem too easy in my in my in my <laughs> I experience. I I uh, no, once no. I really got hardcore into bow hunting, um, I I haven't picked up a rifle since. So it it's it's been almost seven years probably since I sh shot an animal with a rifle. So wow, that is that's actually really awesome. I had gone. Um, we had been invited by a friend, Clint Easley, uh, at Rebel Entertainment. He helps film and, and do different stuff for outdoorsmen, but he, we had been invited to go see the full draw uh, film tour. And that got me super. And that was last summer, I think it was, but that's when I was like, you know what? I really want to do this. I want to go hunting. I really think that this would be fun. So yeah, I think I spend a lot of my time watching hunting you know videos and and like checking out your guys's stuff i just i eat it all up so i'm ex super excited to try it with a bow and see if all this practice gets me anywhere who knows so sometimes there's this little rabbit that pops out he's really bold i'm gonna tell you he pops <laughs> out at, now he's coming all the way up to my um to my uh platform where i shoot i'm just like okay, you're super cute. I'm not going to shoot you. But there are these moments I'm like, hey, I kind of feel like angling my bow straight down and getting you, but I'm not <laughs> going to. So I didn't think I had that in me. And now, now I actually think I do have that in me. It's going to come out. So, so yeah. And my, my daughter, she's awesome. I mean, she's killed black bears. I mean, she's got all of her deer. We eat her, the meat that she provides like all the time. So, um, so she inspires me a lot to do it too. And, and be, she does not do bow hunting, but, um, yeah, so I'm excited to do that. So thank you. And I do think bow hunting looks pretty, um, pretty extreme. So I could see why you would uh, find maybe a rifle to be less, um, less exciting as than shooting your bow. So no, it, it's it's I I wouldn't call it less exciting, so to speak. But but for me, it was just it was the challenge of yeah, of yeah. bow hunting and. I mean, it, it seemed like it was either one extreme or another. You either have that animal really close and every little move that you make is going to make a difference on whether you're successful or not. Or you are, like the last couple of years, we've been doing a lot more Western hunting, which is longer range spot and stalk stuff. Okay. And, that is, mm -hmm. and that's another animal of you're shooting at a target that's a lot farther away. Um, so, and, and just those, those challenges and, and me having to challenge myself in, in different ways throughout that, I, that, that's where I get the, that's where I get the passion for it over rifle yeah. hunting in my opinion. So, yeah, that is actually, I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. So challenge versus extreme. That's a good, uh, good clarification for that. But yeah, the satisfaction I bet is pretty amazing. <laughs> so I look forward to trying it and seeing, seeing how I do. So it, it, it's very yeah. rewarding. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I can, I absolutely can see that. So Brittany, we've talked a lot about archery, your passion and, and how all that has grown. And now I'm going to throw something out there that is 
kind of off topic <laughs> and that I originally really didn't plan on uh, talking about for this podcast, but um, when we were exchanging uh, messages, game planning for it, and, and I sent you over some, some notes, um, you mentioned about uh, the goats that your husband and you guys, uh, I, guess, I guess that you raise, and then you use yeah. them out in the woods um, when you're hunting as well. And so I wanted, yes. I, I thought that'd be something cool to bring up here because it's not something you hear of every day and definitely not something you get to talk to somebody about every day. So I right. wanted to ask about that and kind of get the story behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for asking that, Sam. Uh, so yeah, my husband and I raised pack goats. We have all male goats. We currently have eight of them. So we don't have any females. We're not breeding them. We're not using them for anything other than uh, specifically for, for packing in the mountains. And they're, they're family pets too. So, so they hang out and they're with our kids all the time. But originally, the reason why we got into this is actually my husband had done a lot of research about pack animals. And the particular terrain that he likes to um, go into and that I've backpacked with him into is, is high country. It's difficult terrain. He's very much off trail. Um, he doesn't he doesn't like to do anything easy or simple by any, by any means. So the question was, how can I get my wife up there with me? Number one and carrying all that gear and, and doing all that, but also how can, um, for him, how can he, uh, be most effective packing out animals and, and not having to carry all of it, uh, himself or, or set up a camp for days, you know, you're pretty limited and it's hard to be super ultra light while hunting and doing all that, especially in the season that he goes. Cause pretty cold up there and oftentimes there's snow and whatnot so he had looked into um yeah saw some people raising pack goats and so our goats are alpines and then some of them are mixes and so we have some alpine uh, sable mix alpine toggenberg and alpine oberhosley so only a few of them are brothers that have the same um mom or dad or or um types mixed in with them but they are super nimble on the trail. They can get into places. I mean, obviously anyone that's looked at like National Geographics can look and see the kind of stuff the mountain goats can do. So our goats can go on the tiniest little rocks up a cliff, you know, or do that. And they actually can carry um, uh, weight. So at at about two years old, uh, they can carry up to 20 pounds in their packs. And we have special um, saddles made. They're kind of, they're not to ride, of course, but to put our gear in. Um, our friend Mark does uh, makes those. And then at four years, it can carry up to 50 to 70 pounds. So they're very quiet. You don't have to feed them when they're on the trail. They can, um, they can eat as they go and they can actually go without water for up to four days. Oh, wow. So they're a little different than having a horse up there or um, taking, you know, a mule or, or whatever people use to, to pack. So they've been delightful. They're funny creatures, really smart. And my husband has to train them and, and get them into these situations. So he does go out and train them uh, weekly. Actually, once spring happens, he's out there doing that with them. Huh. So do you all use them for your own hunts and your own uh, adventures yes. out there? Or I was going to ask if you let, uh, if, other friends or anybody, if you go with them and bring goats for them to pack in too. Yes. Yes. Both actually. So, okay. so, uh, Ryan takes them up on his own, but oftentimes if he has a buddy joining him, then yeah, they take an additional goat or two and, and then they carry the stuff. And like I had mentioned previous, I do have a, I have a hip injury that even though it's better now, it, um, it does limit some of how the terrain that I go on. So being able to take that weight off of my back, and put it on one of the goats is a huge advantage to getting me to some of these areas where I could actually hunt with him. So he hasn't gotten to a point where he'd rent them out or do any of that. Um, <laughs> goats are goats are funny creatures and they can be kind of a pain too. So, so you got to know what you're doing and, and uh, definitely have to know how to handle them. But they're delightful. So anyone that's looking into getting a pack animal, seriously check out alpine goats for packing. Um, and then you can always look at my husband's... Uh, Instagram page at Stephen Solo. Um, he packs all of, or sorry, he posts all their their adventures together. It's pretty fun to watch, and we're always humored by it. So yeah, yeah. I like I said, that was something that I hadn't. I, I guess I've heard of it, but I never really put much thought behind it. So it was really interesting when you brought that up, um, and, and I'm glad that we could uh, get a, get a little more info on that for for the episode. And if anybody's interested, um, we'll definitely point point them in uh in y'all's direction whether it's info or advice whatever it might be so yeah that's fun thank you yeah i think it's it's fun to talk about and 
and get to share that, uh, that passion as well with people. Absolutely. Well, Brittany, we're, we're getting close to kind of the, the time we tend to shoot for. I really appreciate you, you coming on board with us here, but before we, before we wrap it up, um, I have some, what we call our, our rapid fire questions, just uh, two or three questions we ask every guest that, uh, that joins okay. us on the podcast. I promise they're not too hard. So, okay. <laughs> um, and the first one, and, and this is, uh, I guess this might be a little, a little different for you. The first question that we normally ask everyone is to give us one of their favorite hunting and or outdoor memories that they have to date. Uh, I know that you are, are looking ahead to, uh, hopefully some good hunting and outdoor memories. So I don't, I don't know if you have um, anything that stands out that you would want to share with us today. If not, that's fine. Um, but that, that's normally how we, how we start off our, our questions. Got it. Um, I don't specifically have one in regards to hunting, but I will tell you, um, my husband started taking my daughter at, at age seven hunting and seeing her come home with her first deer was probably the best memory that I can think of regarding um, hunting and then seeing her get her first bear and she spotted it and set up um, the rifle and everything on her own. I think it was age 10 when she did that. Oh, so, wow. so getting, yeah, him taking her out and just seeing the passion on her face, I would say that that to this date for me, it would be my favorite, favorite memory surrounding hunting. And, and anytime I get a call from my husband saying, Hey, I got one down, going to be home, you know, later or whatever. Those are always great memories and, and moments. Absolutely. We are very, uh, very adamant and passionate about getting youth involved in hunting in the outdoors. And, and anytime I, I know several of our, my son's not old enough yet to hunt, but I know several of us on staff have kids that have hunted with us recently. And I think the dad's parents have been more excited than the kids were whenever they killed their first yeah. deer. So it's awesome. I love I love that you guys post those um, those pictures and those stories because those really get me excited as I'm looking at. It. So I appreciate I appreciate that that is a part of of what you guys uh, enjoy sharing too. So I'm watching. I'm taking a look. I'm I'm getting excited <laughs> when I see it. So well, thank you. I we, appreciate that. We appreciate. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so my ne my next question, and I imagine that this is uh, this is. An endless possibilities for you like I said with you looking ahead to uh, your first your first big hunting season but I asked people what's a bucket list hunt that people haven't gotten to do yet oh great question well I've not gotten to do any yet but um, <laughs> actually turkey that is what I think I'm most excited about and I've we've passed obviously passed that season here um, we also don't have turkeys uh, wild turkeys just locally for us to shoot so we have to plan that um but there's something about that that excites my heart so much and maybe it's because it's something that i haven't seen coming into my garage yet you know from <laughs> from my spouse or something like that but i love watching your guys's turkey uh videos and posts and stories um everybody actually any of the people that follow me if i followed you back i'm paying attention to those turkeys so there's something that really excites my heart about that and and plus i love turkey so who doesn't like eating turkey it's you know, simply don't have those special recipes or anything for it. So, yeah. So that would be bucket list, and then um, and a mule deer, whitetail, all of those. I'm excited about them all. But awesome. yeah, turkey. There's something about it. <laughs> well, we uh, we frequently, uh, I, I say frequently. There there come there come times every year. It seems like, especially as our organization grows, that um, we get opportunities to to have or be a part of certain hunts. So. Um, I will, I will keep you and your husband in mind if, if y'all, if we get an opportunity to, to get y'all down this way and y'all can come for a turkey hunt, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep y'all in mind for sure. That would be incredible. And I appreciate you even saying that. That'd be really, that'd be an honor to be a part of. Absolutely. We'd be happy to have you. All right. You. Last question before we wrap it okay. up. And we have throughout the, our whole conversation today, I know you've, you've have thrown out a lot of advice for people that, um, are just starting out as, as archers leading up into kind of where you're at right now. And I know, you, like I said, you've thrown out a lot of advice already, but um, what's one, one big piece of advice that you would give somebody um, who is just starting out into archery with the intention of competing and or bow hunting? Great question, Sam. Um, I would say, why not? Just the words, why not? There's no reason that, that you should be limited in any 
fashion to um, being able to, to pursue that if you're excited about it. I think I remember my age. I mean, I'm about to be 36. And I thought, did I miss the boat? Like, I'm super excited about this. And did I just like get into this way late in life? But <laughs> realizing there's no limit. You can you can compete at any um, any capability. Uh, you could be disabled and compete. You can be a woman and compete. You could be a child and compete. You can do, you know, a youth and compete. So there's, if you're excited about it, make it your, um, your passion, go after it, keep practicing, don't give up, don't limit yourself with what you think you can do or cannot do. Just get on the line and, and let some arrows fly. Absolutely. That is, that is great advice right there. Well, Brittany, again, I, I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time out of your evening to, to come on the podcast with us, to join us for, for an episode. It's been awesome talking with you um, and, and some real, really good stuff. Um, we, and like I said, we, we've enjoyed following your, your archery journey, and we intend to keep doing so. Um, and, we, and we encourage others to do the same because you're, you're doing good stuff. Thank you, Sam. I, it's an honor. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, great opportunity. I enjoyed talking with you today. Absolutely. Before before we hang it up, would you like to tell our slash your listeners, anybody listening to this podcast, um, where they can where they can go on on Instagram to to follow along? Yeah. So if you go to um, at just a lady with a bow, you can follow along with me. Uh, if you're interested in the goats or some of my husband's hunting adventures, um, at Stephen Solo is his account, and we look forward to following you guys back. So, yeah, follow along. You, you'll watch me make a fool of myself and also <laughs> post some successes. And I I definitely welcome you to to make fun of me with it, <laughs> with me. So <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you guys for taking your time out of your day to even listen and, and uh, appreciate appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. And, guys, we, we once again appreciate you all tuning into another Follow-Up Session podcast episode. If you guys have not already, um, please hit that follow and subscribe button and follow along with, uh, with our journey, bringing uh, folks like Brittany on the podcast and, and talking about hunting and archery and, and other stuff outdoors. If you have not already, also go follow Fall Obsession on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're constantly putting out new content uh, relevant to hunting and out the, in the outdoors. Um, that's, that's what we do. That's what we're passionate about. So we encourage you guys to follow our journey. And uh, also on our website, fallobsession.com, that is the hub where you can find all of our content. And on our page, fallobsession.com slash podcast, there is a form you guys can fill out if you're interested. Um, You can send us questions, you can suggest topics, or just provide us general feedback on this podcast. And we value value everything. Um, We take uh, criticism constructively, I promise. So uh, be sure that you guys uh, check that out if, uh, if you have any questions. So, Brittany... Once again, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So welcome. Thank you, Sam. All right, and we will see you guys next week back for another episode of our Fall Obsession podcast. We'll see you later. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv